The following story contains adult themes and depictions of violence and trauma. This podcast is not for children. Please be advised. After two months of working as a maid here, I could finally say I was properly acquainted with the layout of the castle. My foot had healed up nicely. I was earning some amount of income and I had a place to sleep at night. I felt safe, or safer than I did when I first arrived. To be honest, when I think about that night in the village, not much comes to my mind. I know what happened. I know I can't return. Sometimes I look back at it fondly, almost. I can think about the mysterious man. His face is a bit of a blur to me, but his dark hair, his smile, his mannerisms. Those are the things that stick in my brain. I wish I could see him again. Is he here today? I got lucky. I saw him fighting some other guard with a wooden sword. I had to admit that the man was attractive. He had crystal blue eyes and dark hair that almost seemed windswept. His dark hair faded into white as it neared the edges. He was tall and most definitely muscular. I could see the outline of his body as sweat absorbed into his white shirt. I don't know his name. Two weeks ago I nearly bumped into him in the halls and he immediately caught my attention. He was polite and apologetic, tall and easy on the eyes. He helped me with a smile on his face and I began to notice him more and more around the castle. I learned he was a guard. He makes me blush. I haven't been this way since I was a child in schooling. Goddess, man! You really have to leave with bruises each time? Hey, I know how much you like to mark me, but still. Listen, I was just doing my job. Are you still complaining about that? Never. Yes, and then he struck her right across the face. That poor guard. It must be mortifying to be so powerful yet unable to do anything. I would not feel such sympathy for her. I've seen that woman kill. I constantly heard chatter from the maids that I couldn't quite understand. It seems I don't know them well enough for them to discuss whatever it is with me. It's not like they're being quiet about it. Really, Anne? I need you to change the sheets in the east wing. Gotcha. I spent less time in the east wing as it was closer to the barracks, and maids weren't responsible for cleaning them. However, there was a hall of much nicer rooms for the prince's private guard team. The rooms were fairly quaint and less messy than I expected. I promptly changed the bedsheets for most of the rooms, carrying the dirty ones in a basket I took with me. I had finally made it to the last room. It seemed normal enough, but when I stretched over the bed to pull the last corner, 
I heard a strange hissing noise. Oh, I don't like that. I leaned over the bed, peering down onto the floor. Oh, that's a snake. Red, black, yellow. Isn't that venomous? If yellow touches red, you're dead. Or was it black touches red, you're dead. I couldn't exactly remember, and I don't want to stick around to find out. When I was younger, I fell asleep in the forest and I woke with a snake wrapped around my ankle. I remember it being wrapped so tightly that I couldn't kick it off. My brother had yanked the snake by its head and thrown it into the pond. I remember the red ring it had left around my ankle. I truly did not enjoy the presence of snakes. I've never walked down this hall before. The wall sconces glowed a bit dimmer and portraits lined the walls. Two ornate oak doors were placed in the center of the pass. I knew better than to enter. I do apologize for the intrusion, your highness. Huh. The air somehow felt heavier here. I've heard rumors from maids that the prince is a cruel man. He confines himself to one room to do goddess knows what. Tier one maids serve him, but not many of them stay. They can't take how the prince treats them. Some of them are even reduced to tears. Every time I think I've figured this castle out, there's just another surprise. There's so much decor in here, every few steps I'll almost run into a table or a suit of armor. A portrait on the wall stuck out to me. A little girl with sage eyes and raven hair smiled cheek to cheek. I've never seen her around before. You understand why that wouldn't work. Just stick to the plan we prepared. I don't know about this. I'm not what I used to be. They don't know I'm here. He's a sheltered prince, not a god. This should be easy enough. Don't go around changing the plan all of a sudden. It wouldn't hurt to at least coat the dagger in poison. What if we're apprehended before we can strike deep enough? There's no time to find an apothecary willing to give us deadly poison. Even if there was, it could be traced back to them. Stop worrying over trivial things. We aren't going to get caught. It's impossible. An assassination attempt? They're trying to end the prince. You know this isn't the end. He's only the heir. He's the only heir. Don't even worry about the king. He's easy. Leave. We're going to draw attention if we stay here. Oh my goddess. What am I even supposed to do in a situation like this? Do I report this to the guards? That one man seemed so sure that the assassination would be successful. What exactly did he have up his sleeve? What would happen if I stayed silent? I heard the prince was a cruel man, but did he really deserve to die? What would happen to me if it comes out that I knew the assassination was going to happen? I'd most definitely be executed. 
I can't be responsible for a man's life. Especially the prince's life. The prince's office. No man deserves to die. Not like this. I have to say something. I'll never forgive myself if I don't. Is it appropriate for me to go straight to the prince? I felt like I should be sweating. It doesn't seem appropriate. Enter. From where I stood, the most I could describe about the prince was his black hair and his lighter complexion. I specifically remember asking not to be disturbed for the rest of the day. So why is it that ten minutes later, I have yet another maid pestering me? I truly apologize for the disturbance, your highness. You see, I wasn't sure whether or not to report directly to you about this or to a guard. I've just never been in a situation like this, and- What in Minerva's name are you rambling about? I heard a discussion about an assassination attempt. About you, your highness. And where did you hear this from? Who did you hear this from? I'm not exactly sure, your highness. I heard it from some workers in the castle. The most I could see was a dark-haired butler. So, tell me what you heard. They were speaking about a dagger. One wanted to coat it in poison, but the other said it would be too complicated. And? Pardon? That's it? I... yes? You've come here to tell me that there's a plan for my assassination. You have no information on who discussed it, when it would occur, or where it would occur. Daggers are quite common here. I could have guessed it would be with a dagger. Do all of you maids just act based on whatever gossip you've heard? I'm only telling of what I witnessed, your highness. What am I supposed to do with the information you've told me? What? No, please, take your time. I apologize, your highness. I only wanted to help. Then leave. Yes, your highness. Waste of my fucking time. That wasn't ideal. What did I do wrong? Did I say something insulting? Did I undermine his intelligence? I did the right thing. I know I did. Am I going to lose my job? Dear Goddess, I don't know what I'm going to do if that's the case. I can't afford to get kicked out. Really, Anne? Where have you been? Amisha, can I talk to you about something in private? Of course.
Did something happen? I may or may not have done something that may or may not affect my job. What did you do? I may or may not have made the prince a little angry. And he may or may not have started to yell about how maids act solely based on gossip. And he may or may not have kicked me out of his office. Didn't I tell you to stay away from his office? Why would you go in there? It was a lapse of judgment on my part. Am I going to lose my job? Did he ask for your name? No, he, he didn't. <sighs> you should be fine then. But seriously, really, Anne. This isn't a joke of some sort. I've seen my women hurt by him when they pester too much. I'm your superior. When I tell you to leave something, you need to listen to me. I know. And I apologize. What were you even doing there? I... I heard something disturbing and I needed to speak up. What did you hear? I think there are plans to kill the prince. <gasps> you heard this here? Within the castle? Yes, and I panicked. His office was right there, so I told him. And he just yelled at me. Dear goddess, Rillian. Out of every maid, it had to be you. What do I do? I mean, you told the prince. It's in his hands to handle it. And he will. He may be cruel, but he isn't a fool. He won't forget what you've said. That's good, then. I'm sorry. I know this is all a bit crazy for you. To be honest, we haven't heard much about the Rebellion in the past few years. I thought they might have gone dormant. If they're already in the castle, then things are going to be changing pretty soon. How are you doing? Have you been adjusting well? I'd like to think so. It's kind of strange to see so many people here. There's as much staff as there were people in my village. And this is when we're understaffed. <sighs> the castle used to be so lively back in the day. What happened? The Dark Ages. It's... it's a long story. Just know that when it finally ended, people weren't so proud to be affiliated with the monarchy. Wow. This is a lot. You get used to it. I promise. Soon, this will be the norm for you. You'll have your own life to make here, your own relationships. Speaking of... I saw you staring at the old head guard earlier. He's the head guard? He was, until he became a mercenary. Mercenary? Mercenary, you know. They've got the colorful armor, the pretty crystals embedded in their collars. I'm sure you've seen them around before. Maybe. What do they even do? They're the prince's private guard team. Oh, so... Uh, the guard... Is he, you know, involved? <laughs> really, Anne, you scoundrel! 
pining for a man whilst he's indecent. That was not my intention, and you know it. <laughs> I'm not sure. You could have some ulterior motives you haven't brought up. You could be here to creep on the guards. I could never get away with that. We'll have to see about that. His name's Jacob Wyndham. And the last I was aware, he's single. I'm not sure I want to get into a courtship with him. He's just nice to look at. <laughs> oh, stop it. No, no, go on, please. Even if I was interested in a courtship, I doubt I'd have a chance with him. Well, you might be in luck. I heard that he's got a thing for redheads. <laughs> Perfect. I've got a head start. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, enough with this. Let's get back to work already. Grab that crate for me, won't you? Of course. Amisha and I returned to our normal activities after that, and the following days were mundane with work. I had almost forgotten about my mortifying experience with the prince. Bad decision on my part. Hey there, it's me again, and I'm so glad you're here listening to the second episode of He Who Forsakes the Crown. If you're here on our premiere day, I'd like to thank you so much for supporting us through this premiere. It's taken a lot of time to get here, and the fact that people are here actually listening means so much to us. So I'm going to go ahead and say my thank yous now. Thank you to our very talented voice actors, because we couldn't do this without you. Thank you to our other sound editors, Mac and Andrew, because editing Hugh for Six the Crown is a big job. Editing any podcast in general is a really big job, and they help take a heavy weight off of our shoulders. And I'd like to say thank you to Sayo, who you haven't heard from yet, but she's the other founder on this project, and she works just as hard on this as I do. So thank you, Sayo, for being my partner in crime. If you're liking our work and you want to hear more from us, find us on social media at Chapter15Studios on Instagram and Tumblr, and then it's going to be CH15Studios on Twitter, because Chapter didn't fit, and I hate it more than you do. And on social media, we've got official art, fun facts, and honestly, we're just a pretty interesting crew, and I think you'd want to hear more from us. You should also check out our website, where we've got uh, links to all of our voice actors and plenty of other stuff. Again, I'd like to thank you so much for listening to this episode. I really do hope you stick around. Follow, subscribe, hit that like button. I don't know. This isn't YouTube. And you're going to hear from us again next month and the month after that and the month after that because we're going to be going monthly for now. Hopefully we can move that up later on. But yeah, so you'll see us on July 4th, which you know how it is. Uh, thank you so much, but I'll let you get back to it. This morning was an odd one. Many may not be aware of my routines, as this was the preferred way. However, I promised her I'd visit, and I do so every week. I don't plan on breaking my promise to her. My escorts this week were Kizume and Yuri, two mercenaries I had recruited in the past years. I had no issue with Kizume. He may have been somewhat 
annoying, but something about him reminded me of someone. However, Yuri was something else. He disgusts me. A constant grin on his face irks me. He rambles on about matters I have no interest in, such as which torture practices may be the most fun. His unwavering stare directed towards me during meetings left me with a feeling of discomfort. At this point, I did not feel that I could trust Yuri. I needed to keep him close enough to watch. I needed to play his game. This place shouldn't exist. This place isn't for you. I'm sorry. Sire, shall we assist you? Leave me. Call for us if you need anything. My soul felt heavy. My heart wept. The sky was painted gray, like a hazy smoke. A concrete jungle full of graves adorned with overgrown plants. The gardeners were afraid to come in here. Everyone is. Except for me. People only come in when they absolutely have to. This place was crumbling to bits. No one comes in to care for it. I try to. Well, I clean only one. Dahlia's. Hey, doll. How have you been? I've been hard at work recently. There was conflict in the East that may or may not have been my fault. But the village is gone. I know, I know. You want me to take a break. You tell me that I work too hard all the time. I know you don't want me burning villages, but I've kept good relations with the ones you've wanted to go and see. Even when it's really hard to... right to be here. You're right. <laughs> I don't. Then get out. I don't think I will, DeMonte. I knew that you were plotting something. Of course you would. Come to finish me off. I will. If he won't. Who are you? I'm the one who killed your sister. It can't be. Can it? Now, dear little Zane, 
I believe that a certain job wasn't finished ten years ago. A certain someone was let go before we had our way with you. It was fun seeing your reaction, though. I mustn't lie. Good. Harness it. Is that it? Is that all you're here for? I'm gonna need your body, boy. The bounty on your head is too high to pass up. Once you're dead, I'll kill your mother, too. I'll take over the kingdom and become king. <laughs> I could feel my heart stop. The man. No. The monster. Who killed my sister was a madman who hoped to become a king. Money. Fame. Power. I would have given it all to spare my sister's life. Fight them. Take that anger and unleash me. Get your revenge. It was nice talking to you one last time. I can't wait to eviscerate you. Just like your sister. I'm lucky. Usually I don't carry a knife, but I've been wary these past couple of days. Something a maid said to me about a plan for my assassination. I suppose she had been right after all. Ha! Death is imminent. Unleash me. Here I was, about to die from the same hands that killed my sister. You know it must be done. Very well. Let's make a deal, since we're both stuck. I will help you, and you'll help me. Got it? Deal. Hmm. Pleasure doing business with you. I guess I'll just have to handle you myself. Try me, old man! Something is wrong. Very wrong. Argus? It can't be. Can it? It's not her. It's a piece of her. It's tainted. dare you? You're out of your league here, little prince. Let me show you how to really kill a man. You're a cocky one, eh? I'll show you true power. What a shiny toy you have there. Do you want to play with me? 
<laughs> he may be fast, but I... I will always be faster. Parry after parry, I fought him. Toying with him. Like predator and prey. And it's been years since I've last had a meal. Come and fight me like a man, why don't you? That's enough. Oh, I'm sorry. I can't hear you. I'm not done with you yet. I'll meet you in the void. Unmoving. Yet, something drew me nearer. Take it! I picked up the dagger. My body still isn't mine. Yuri's remnant. The crystal he wore on his chest plate glowed uncomfortably bright. The neon yellow nearly blinded me. But I still ripped it out. Purify! The dagger was aimed for the center of my arm. I tried pulling it away, but to no avail. Save her. The remnant was stuck into my arm. My head feels dizzy. I want to rest. The assassin, Kizune. He was on the ground, completely out, and a dart sticking out of his neck. Poison. Help! Nothing. Damn it. Oh my god, is your highness? He Who Forsakes the Crown is an audio drama written, edited, and produced by Chapter 15 Studios. Starring Eric Smith as Zane DeMonte and Julia Orisborne as Rillianne Duvon. Supporting roles by Nick Richardson as Jacob Wyndham, Andrew Bonilla as Kisume Kazuo, Elissa Young as Amisha Severine, Ray Walker as Yuri Nathaniel, Scott Zimmerman as Main Assassin, and Ranger H. Fox as Argus. And special thanks to me, Seo, the co-producer of He Who Forsakes the Crown. Thank you for listening, and I hope you really enjoyed today's episode. We'll see you next time on July 4th.